Greetings from Morris, Minnesota, Northridge Drive in mid-August of 2020. A strange time, what with all the adjustments we're making for the pandemic. So we are not having normal baseball at all. However, we can certainly mine the memories. So please join me in our little time machine as we go back to 1955, a year of note for yours truly, as I was born in January. So, the Brooklyn Dodgers had their biggest season of glory when I was a few months old. <laughs> in Minnesota, the Twins were not even born yet. We had the AAA Minneapolis Millers. And did you know, the Millers played a full five seasons at Metropolitan Stadium before the Twins started. So easy to forget that chapter of our sports history here. Metropolitan Stadium was built to attract Major League Baseball. And you would think the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul could have supported the bigs before 1961, but no. We have the twins today, hallelujah. But who knows when normal conditions will return. Such nostalgia thinking about 1955. Dwight Eisenhower was our president, and I guess Tricky Dick was vice president. This was the Millers' last season at Nicollet Park in Minneapolis. I see where there is now some YouTube video footage of the inside of Nicollet Park. The old newscaster, Dave Moore, was very sentimental about the place. Looks to me like a typical minor league park, billboards in the outfield, etc. But in Brooklyn, New York City, big time, the top of the world. A time for the Brooklyn crowd to thump their chest. The 55 Dodgers, managed by Walt Alston, finished 13 and a half games ahead in the National League race. They led the league in runs scored and fewest runs allowed. They beat the Yankees in the World Series. Roy Campanella won the Most Valuable Player honor with some controversy on the vote count. He was later tragically sent to a wheelchair because of an accident. He played with the St. Paul Saints on the way up. Duke Snyder played center field and led the league in RBIs and was second in the MVP voting. He hit his 200th home run on May 10th. Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese were both 36 years old, but still very capable. Gil Hodges was 31 and slugged 27 home runs. He also drove in both Dodger runs in the seventh game of the World Series. Carl Fiorillo was age 33 and he came through with 26 home runs and a 314 average. 
On the mound, Don Newcomb, who won 20 games and lost just five. He was the first black pitcher to reach 20 wins. Johnny Padres was 22 years old and had only a 9-10 record, but he was the hero of the 55 series by pitching a shutout in Game 7. The Dodgers took the deciding Game 7 by a 2-0 score with only five hits compared to New York's eight. New York had the game's only error. The Dodgers scored the game's only runs on a fourth inning RBI single, which followed a double, and a sixth inning bases loaded sacrifice fly, both by Gil Hodges. Sandy Amaros made a game-saving catch of a deep fly ball down the left field line off the bat of Yogi Berra in the sixth inning. This catch started a double play. Elston Howard grounded out to Reese for the final out. A series MVP was chosen for the first time ever and this honor went to Johnny Padres, winning pitcher of games three and seven. Both wins were complete games. I remember the book Ball Four by Jim Bouton based on the 1969 season. And Padres was hanging on at the end of his career, helping out the new expansion San Diego Padres. And Bouton wrote, that's kind of nice, isn't it? Padres of the Padres. <laughs> well, we will proceed from baseball here and conclude, as I always do, with some spiritual thoughts, and these come from my ELCA Lutheran devotional booklet, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Time After Pentecost, Lectionary 20. Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Verse 27 of Matthew 15. Yes, my family had three dogs through the years when my parents were alive. And uh, <laughs> that opening sentence prompts a little smile here. Let's continue. Raising teens is hard. Suddenly, these once little boys who loved dump trucks and Pixar movies are taller than my wife and interested in hair products. It seems just yesterday, I would say, time to clean your rooms, and they would race to see who could finish first. Now, they gripe and stomp in emotional rebellion. In this context, I was teaching my oldest how to put clothes away so they won't come out wrinkled. I explained and he listened. Then he looked at me with honest eyes and said, Dad, you know I'm not going to do this. Just let me do it my way. If it's wrinkled, then I have to deal with it. It was wise and true. When an outsider pled with Jesus for her sick daughter, 
Upon his reply, I picture her looking at him with honest eyes and saying, Lord, even the dogs get some crumbs. And it seems he was humbled by an outsider from Cana, no less, and learned something. It is a reminder that we can all listen and learn, even from unexpected sources. Give me ears to hear and a heart to learn today. Loving Jesus, amen. Prayer concern, parents and teenagers. And that concludes it. This podcast episode will have a link accompanying my blog post of today. It's on my blog site called I Love Morris, and it is a post about a movie from the 1940s showcasing the Brooklyn baseball team. In fact, they aren't even called the Dodgers in the movie. The movie is called It Happened in Flatbush, and it stars Lloyd Nolan and Carol Landis. Tragic story of Carol Landis. She took her own life toward the end, uh, toward the end of her 20s. Yeah, I believe she was 29. Uh, she does very well in this movie. It uh, promotes strong sense of nostalgia. 19, it's, it's, it was inspired by the 1941 season in which Brooklyn won the pennant but lost in the World Series. Anyway, it has been a pleasure sharing today, as always, and good day. <laughs>